It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill. Race and Sportsbook, America's leading race and sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Hello, Las Vegas, and welcome on into Sports X Radio. No Ken Thompson here tonight. He is enjoying some time in sunny Phoenix. I wonder if there's any reason to be down there this weekend. But right now in his place here today, Thomas Viola riding with you on a wonderful Thursday evening. And as always with me, the Yinzer himself, Jason Halperin. Jason, how are you doing this evening? Doing great tonight, Tom. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We're going to have a great show in store for you. As always, Mark Hoke riding along at the controls for us, our wonderful producer there. And he is going to be making sure we get through to our fantastic guests for this evening. We got Mikey Domagala, official NBA buzz, coming on at the bottom of this hour to talk about the trade deadline and everything that happened because, you know, a couple minor names moved this uh this trade deadline in the world of basketball and it might just have some small impact on the nba landscape for Possibly. the rest of the season just a tiny one i feel <laughs> like uh I, I kevin love might get bought out that's probably the biggest headline right it's gotta be one of them yeah and and, and the fact that uh no one wanted ben simmons no one wanted Ben I Simmons. I think that's got to be a big one, too. Yeah. Can't, can't <laughs> unravel that mystery of why anybody would not want that man who did have a fantastic air ball tonight to yeah. uh, end a quarter. Is he now a starter on that uh, on that roster, by the way? He is, in fact, now a starter on the Brooklyn Nets. He's been a starter <laughs> on the Nets. That's the thing. <laughs> Although, honestly, and we'll break, it, we'll break this down more with Mikey. Uh, he is the basketball mind, but... I don't hate the position the Nets are in for the future. Obviously, they're no longer contenders for this season, but... I think that they're definitely in they're, – they're, they're at least in a better place than they were before Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant were yeah, on the team. They're definitely in a better place uh, than they were before. Are they contenders this year? Absolutely not. I don't think they were contenders when they had both Durant and uh, Irving, uh, mainly because you don't know when, when Irving's going to implode. That was uh, always going to be a problem with them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, er, er, you've had the two biggest head cases in basketball on the same team. There was no way that was going to work. I don't care how good of an offensive talent they both are, how they're two of the most prolific scorers of all time. It doesn't matter. 
Because at the end of the day, and yes, they were probably an injury and six inches on the three-point line away from at least making, if not winning, a finals. But at the end of the day, this team was never going to be a dynasty. This never this this was never a team that was going to be built to last. And you were always going to have a short window with egos and minds that big and heads that full of themselves. And it's all come crashing down, but at least full credit again to the Nets. They didn't come away with nothing here. No, they they came away with a lot, uh, a lot of uh, value uh, they got there. I mean, for a team right now that also don't forget they are sitting in uh, what fifth place in the in the conference, eleven games over five hundred. I mean, it's not going to be long before they plummet out of that, but at least they are there right now. Yes, indeed. And we'll see what happens with the rest of this season. We'll see where the rebuild takes them. Cam Thomas, bright young, bright young player here, still coming off the bench, but he could. We could see him starting before long. He's averaging what? He just had two 40-point back-to-back nights? Yeah. LeBron never did that in his career. Well, at least hasn't yet. Not yet. There's yeah. still time left in his career to possibly do that. Indeed. Still still at least a couple more years, you have to imagine, even though he did, of course, just become the all-time scoring leader last night or two nights ago. That is uh, very true. That is also uh, very impressive. I mean, 20 years twenty years longevity that uh that he has been in the league and the shape you have to keep yourself in, your body in to uh, to play that long, it's amazing. It, yeah. it truly is amazing. And you and I were actually watching that together. We were down on Tuesday night at Steiner's Pub. We do love that place. That is not just product placement because they help keep <laughs> Ken's show on the air here. We are legitimate patrons of there. That's actually how I met Ken. Uh, they do the show down there, of course, every Wednesday night, 8 to 10 p.m., Absolutely. A little shout-out to Jet there, uh, working over at uh, Steiner. Sorry we will not be there tonight. Uh, you'll have to wait till see us next week on uh, either Tuesday or Thursday. Indeed. And, of course, also coming on with us tonight here at the top of the next hour, Patrick Everson from Las Vegas Insider. He's going to be joining us to break down all of the latest line movements and news to keep track of ahead of the Super Bowl this weekend it's going to be another interesting one here. I think we're in for another good game. We've been really lucky the last several years. Yes, the Patriots-Rams game for some might might have been considered a snooze fest. Uh, I was not one of those people because at the time I was working over at VSIN and my job that night was to grade all of the props for our graphics, which were being updated live as each prop cashed. And so almost every play, there was still something <laughs> happening, something you had to check off. For me, it was a frantic night. For everybody else, it was a very boring, low-scoring Super Bowl. But other than that, we've had some instant classics over the last several years here. We absolutely have had some instant classics. Um, haven't had um, really many blowouts in them either. Uh, what, in the last uh, five years, you had what, one blowout? Uh, the uh, Chiefs and uh, Tampa Bay, that 39, or 31 to 9, was the only one that was really a uh, blowout. Everything else has been pretty closely contested. So we have been lucky at that. Yeah, and I definitely don't think that we'll see something that bad this this time around. Hope not. Especially given the fact that the Chiefs' offensive line in that game held together by popsicle sticks and glue. This yeah. time around, going to be a much different story. Who do you have winning? Um, not really sure yet. Kind of leaning a little bit towards the Eagles on this one. Uh, they've done one heck of a job with that team. Uh, look at it. You, you look at the offense. You've built your eleven starters, ten of them through the draft. I mean, what teams do that nowadays? It's incredible. Indeed. Um, they're just they're just stacked. Both sides of the ball on the offense and defensive line. I think it's going to cause a little bit of trouble for uh, Farmer Holmes there. Losing Hardeman probably didn't help a whole lot. Um, yeah, I know they got back uh, 
CEH, but it's he's not, not a the same. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to be a factor. That that's not like getting back prime Adrian Peterson or anything. You yeah. you got back a guy who's a role player running back. Exactly. And probably still third on your depth chart behind Pacheco and McKinnon. Yeah. Uh, very true. Now, don't forget, though, on the flip side, you do have Patrick Mahomes coming off, uh, just won the MVP, his second one in his career already. Literally just won it uh, about 20 minutes ago. So congrats to uh, to Patrick Mahomes on that. It's always tough to to count out the Chiefs. I mean, they're a they're a, a dog again. They're not dogs very often, and usually when they are, they, they find a way to win those games. So I'm expecting a really good one here. I am too. I think it's going to be a good game. I, I do think that the Chiefs win, though. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I've i started to lean more and more Chiefs over the last several days here. Everybody and their mother is on the Eagles. Uh, betting splits, which don't matter and are not something that you should ever use when you're placing your bets or you're trying to handicap a game. The public's all over the Eagles. Not that that matters. I've interviewed many sharp players over the last several days who also like the Eagles so far in this game. But I was talking tonight on our unabated live stream with Peter Jennings, another absolutely fantastic DFS player and great gambler. Uh, And he pointed out this game, more than any that we've seen in recent memory when it comes to a Super Bowl, might have more recency bias to it. Because so many people are starting to just put all of their stock in, oh, well, the Eagles, look what they did to the 49ers, who, by the way, did not have... A quarterback, not their quarterback. They did not have a quarterback for about 75% of that game (laughs) because Brock Purdy could not physically not throw a football. They were just the running game at that point. And then the Chiefs, of course, they had that bitter battle with the Bengals, which every time those two play now, the Mahomes-Burrow duel, it's just a fantastic game. But you have that game and a bunch of Chiefs get banged up in it. And yeah, it was gritty and it was a tough fight. And sure, it wasn't the Chiefs' best look of the season. But they've had two weeks to get healthy. Mahomes is apparently good to go. We'll see how mobile he's going to be. I don't know that I necessarily want to take his rushing yards over. Although, granted, I think it's somewhere around 15 to 16, as opposed to where it's normally for a game like this. It would be maybe in the 20s, mid-20s. Yeah, it does seem low for this one. There's potential for it. But I don't think that necessarily means that we get it there. I'm not trusting the ankle and the news that we have about the ankle enough to say I want to put my money down on that. Yeah, you know, the nice thing about this game is you have a Chiefs team that they do have the time to rest. They have definitely been battle-tested uh, this year in the playoffs. Tough-fought games, obviously, against Cincinnati and against Jacksonville. And then on the flip side, you look at it, and the Eagles have pretty much had two walkovers. I mean, the Giants game was was pretty much a snoozer right from the start. And then the unfortunate incident with the Niners of just not having – and becoming one-dimensional and not being able to throw the ball more than three yards down the field, uh, we haven't really seen what the Eagles are able to do yet uh, in the playoffs. It's really been a, a chance to let Jalen Hurts get even more rest. So the question is, you know, he was coming off uh, end-of-the-season injury, didn't really play a lot, and now he really didn't have to, to work too hard in the playoffs. Is he going to be sharp enough for this game? I think that's a very good question. And it's not like the Eagles have had to – face a whole lot of adversity on their path to the Super Bowl here. And I think that's something that a lot of people over the past week have started to discount severely. Uh, It's true. Who have they played? The best team that they've played might have been the Cowboys all season. Yeah, and I believe they split with them. Took a home-and-home with them? I think so, off the top of my head. 
but a, a bunch of teams that came out, and sure, there is some sour grapes here, but a bunch of teams did come out afterwards and kind of say they aren't all that they're cracked up to be after playing them. But then again, maybe you should have beaten them. Yeah. But for the 49, the 49ers, at least, Brandon Ayuk, more sound gambling advice here, said, bet I would bet all of my money every penny I own on the Chiefs, which I hope that you don't because, first off, that's probably not wise bankroll management, and second off, you're probably going to get a call from the league for trying to get down a bet like that. Yeah, you'll probably be out of the league for mm-hmm. uh, for a good portion of it of next season. Well, more like all of next season, uh, if you were to actually do something like that, or if all of a sudden one of your one of your close companions, friends, would take yeah. a bet like that, uh, <laughs> they'd be looking into that pretty harsh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that one, uh, the Ayuk one, definitely sounds a lot like sour grapes. Um, it was a shame that they didn't have a quarterback. It would have been nice to see what the Niners would have been able to do yeah. had they had uh, Brock Purdy for that whole game. I still don't know if they come out winning that game, Yeah, but I, it might have at least been a game. And, and I'm speaking as someone who uh, had the Eagles 18-1 to or 16-1. to Yeah, it was 18-1 to to win, the uh, to get the one seed. Like, but the reason for that and my logic behind it was the path was really easy. The schedule yeah. was there for them. And sure, the Rams being terrible this season really did help that. And the NFC as a whole not being that great. I mean, the Vikings were your biggest competition there, and kind of everybody knew that they were a fraud. Yes. And the fact that uh, Philly smacked him in the mouth uh, pretty hard early in the season yeah. kind of took the Vikings out of the running right away. Yeah. So, and then at what? At the end, you had Dallas as a possibility. Mm hmm. Dallas needing to win out, Eagles needing to lose out. They had a shot at the one seed, but well, that wasn't going to happen. Hey, I am certainly not complaining here, and I'm sitting a little bit pretty heading into the— I have a nice futures bet on Patrick Mahomes to lead the pro- postseason in passing yards. Yeah. Got a- that at 8-1 to one before the conference championship games, and all I need is 200 yards. And that is definitely doable. Yeah, highly doable. Absolutely doable because uh, this game's going to be close. They're going to be relying on him to uh, to put the ball downfield. I could see this game going under, to be honest with you. I am really liking the under. Uh, one of the bets that I was actually uh, looking at, and I know we'll probably get into that more a little bit later or uh, even on tomorrow's broadcast as well. That's right. We'll uh, be back here tomorrow in the Panache Boyle and Rappaputi Studios. I was looking at... Uh, at taking a nice little parlay there with the with the Chiefs parlaying them up six and raising that uh, over-under as well, up six and taking the under on it. Mm. Get the Chiefs at seven and a half and get the over-under up to 57 and a half, take the under on that one. I can tell you right now if that's a good bet or not. Go for it. Yeah, all right. Let I'm me know, pl- stat boy. Yeah, I'm, pl- I'm plugging it in right now. Let's see, uh, Chiefs one and a half up to seven and a half. And you want to take the 51 up to 57? Up to 57. All right. That'd be what, minus 120? Yeah. Uh, unabated TDs or calculator says minus 8% EV. So not a very good bet. No, not not a great bet. It's it's teasing the totals. <laughs> the to- uh, Teasing totals in the NFL, you're not getting enough value compared to the amount of juice that you're paying on the bet. It's why that teaser just—it's uh, why total teases just don't work and aren't generally sound betting advice. 
Yeah, but they're still fun sometimes. They are still fun. <laughs> Might be worth still I, like. Yeah. This Again. is one of those games where you know what you wa- you walk into it, you look at it, you're not just betting mm-hmm. one thing with all the props that are out there. You're having twenty, thirty tickets. Yeah, for these types of games. Yeah, because I, it's fun. You want to have something that's going to keep you entertained the whole time. Mm-hmm. I reactivated my William Hill account yesterday and promptly got locked back out of it because I didn't realize you apparently in the first 24 hours after reactivating had to make a bet. <laughs> so I hit them back up again, say, hey, I, my account, I, I'm sure it's an error in the system. They go, oh, no, you need you need to make a bet like the same day because I guess the system is just going to lock you back out. Uh, so I took something on the way over here. I just threw 15 bucks on first. Uh, will the first kickoff, kickoff be a touchback? I just uh-huh. put the yes. Gotcha. See, I keep my account active by making uh, little bets like taking St. Mary's in the first half tonight. Nice. Which they covered, by the way. Very nice. Thankfully for us. I had uh, I had the Golden Knights and the over, which squeaked by. I managed to get the over at five and a half. Five and a half. Very good. And Knights certainly never put that game in doubt. Two games back from the All-Star break, all of a sudden the the, the offense has found its way. The offense has found its way. They've gotten some rest, which is a big thing. I know you don't have Mark Stone, but uh, the team has gotten rest, and that was that was definitely something that was missing. They needed that. They needed that break that uh, that week and a half off, and it's allowed them to recuperate and make that push for the uh, for the division for the end of the season here. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, though, in tonight's game, Logan Thompson goes down with injury. No real word yet on how severe it is, but you have to hope. That it's nothing serious because do you really want to call Brassois up to be the backup goalie again and go with Brassois and Hill? What we really don't want to happen, you do not want to see Kelly McCrimmon and this front office go, okay, time to go make a trade for the best goalie available at the at the deadline here. Yeah, it's definitely something you don't want to see. You're hoping that it's something that's going to be a day-to-day, mm-hmm. not a nagging long-term injury uh Hopefully he's back, maybe misses a game or two, and then he's right back in it. The nice thing is they are coming home for – they have a nice seven-game home stretch coming up here, so yep. he will be in the uh, the friendly confines of Vegas. Indeed, which haven't been so friendly for Vegas so far <laughs> this season, but we'll see if they can turn that around. And we're going to turn around here and head to commercial real quick. When we come back, NBA trade, de- trade deadline with official NBA buzz, Mikey Domagala. Don't miss it. Thomas Viola, Jason Halpern coming right back here, filling in for Ken Thompson on SportsX Radio. Coke ringing up the tunes for us here. Some Beatles, Here Comes the Sun. And here come the Suns. Kevin Durant, now a Phoenix Sun. And you know what that means. My Phoenix Suns 10 to 1 preseason futures ticket suddenly has life. Shout out to Ken, who was the one who told me to place it because he said, Hey, I think the Suns are going to get Kevin Durant. I heard some rumblings. You should probably make this bet now before the line moves. And then they didn't get Kevin Durant. But he turns out just had to wait a little while longer. And here to break down that move and many others around a very active NBA trade deadline, Thomas Viola, Jason Halpern in the PSBR studios, joined right now by Mikey Domagala, official NBA buzz. Mikey, how are you doing this evening? Tom, I appreciate you having me. And, man, what an opener. And that is, that's amazing that Ken had to do that. And 
if I'm you, I'd be thanking Kyrie Irving for those rumblings in Brooklyn, <laughs> allowing KD, you know, to get traded. Man, Kyrie Irving, at least he's finally done something good for somebody. Because, oh man, that trade deadline, the news comes around, hey, Kyrie's going to be traded. And it's it, it's like it, it's like the girl who you see and she's and, and you're like, "Oh, hey, who's your friend?" That that's what happened with with NBA teams. They all said, "Oh, Kyrie's available." Hey, does that mean the KD is available right now because we're more interested in him? And that's exactly what happened for Phoenix. What do you think of the trade package overall? Because quite frankly, the fact that they were able to keep DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, they, it's Chris Paul, th- I think the Suns got away with a great one here. No matter what happens, they've put they've suddenly taken what was looking like a disaster of a season for a team that was even without KD looking very promising to go and potentially win the NBA title. And now all of a sudden you're back on track here and you really I'll take giving up the future considerations I did. What do you think? I mean, quite frankly, I feel like the Nets learned a lot from trading KG and Paul Pierce and that huge package where, you know, they got rid of all their picks. Now here they are getting another team's picks and kind of, you know, strategically looking forward to the future. Um, I, I'm going to talk about the Nets side first. I feel like the Nets got a pretty good haul. Like, Mikael Bridges is one of the most consistent workhorses in the NBA. Cam Johnson just needs an opportunity where he gets more than, you know, 10 shots a game, and he'll be a 18 to 22-point scorer, and then all those picks. So I think the Nets really made out pretty decently. I'd give it maybe like a B-plus, you know, so their future is bright and all that. And then Phoenix – of course, they're in win-now mode. They know Chris Paul is turning 38 soon. Um, how many years does he have left? Even this year, he's kind of declined a little bit with his play, even though he's still a great facilitator. Devin Booker, of course, amazing. And Aiton's still around, like you said. And, you know, you get Kevin Durant in the mix, and they're a championship contender right there. I just think they need to, you know, hit up the waiver wire a little bit and see who they could bring in, uh, you know, to, to kind of strengthen that bench a little bit. That's right, and there are going to be some guys on the buyout uh, in the buyout market here in this second wave midseason free agent market. But th- this trade very much feel does feel to me it's like a good fantasy football trade. Everybody's benefiting here. Everybody got better somehow. Yeah, so no, I agree with that. The, the Nets for their future, and and then Kevin Durant going, you know, to the Valley to try to win a championship again on another team, which is very <laughs> controversial in itself. So it'll be exciting. Indeed it will be. And Spencer Dinwiddie, fan favorite for the Nets. Now he's back there. And D'Angelo Russell back with the Lakers. It's it's what, 2016 all over again? <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, listen, I I got to give credit to the Lakers and Rob Palenka. That was, that was one of the best trades of the deadline. I mean, they got D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Pretty much all of them are very underrated. I think D'Lo himself needed... Uh, a new team to kind of be D'Lo again. Mm-hmm. And then Malik Beasley, one of the best six men off the bench, uh, you know, this season for Utah. Vanderbilt's still very young. He's averaging like nine points, eight rebounds. I mean, he's going to get more playing time with the Lakers. And even if he produces just those numbers, that's something they need off the bench. So credit to Rob Lincoln. We can't forget about uh, the Hachimura deal a couple of weeks back, um, you know, a little away from the deadline. But, uh, yeah, I, I got to give him credit. How upset do you think the Lakers, except LeBron, are at not getting Kyrie, given how everything's tr- shaken out at the end? 
You know, I uh, I really don't think I really don't think they're kicking themselves because you know you know how sports works, how mm-hmm. the NBA works. You need an actual team to win a championship. You you put LeBron, AD, Kyrie together. All right, that's great, but what's coming off the bench? That's what I want to know. What what's what's going to come off the bench to beat Denver's second unit, Boston's second unit, Memphis's second unit? There, it's you know. Starters could play terrific for 35 minutes a game, but those 13 minutes is really what's going to win you a playoff series and a champion, a championship. So that's what I have to say about that. I think the Lakers, you know, they're, they're not kicking themselves too hard, I think. So with all these deals that were just made here prior to the deadline, who do you think the biggest winner was? Um, I mean, I would say the Phoenix Suns. The Suns this season were dealing with so many injuries, Chris Paul coming out the gate, not looking like himself. DeAndre Ayton in fighting with head coach Monty Williams. It, it, it all wasn't looking good. Yeah, they kind of recovered themselves into like the top seven in, uh, in the West. But you had Kevin Durant, they're instantly title favorites. Like Tom was saying, their odds changed tremendously. Down to six and to one. Exactly. And they're, they're in win-now mode. This year or next year, I, could, I think I could confidently say that they'd win a title. If you look at how great Devin Booker has been this year. Match him up with Kevin Durant, Chris Paul slinging the ball around, DeAndre Ayton in there, and you just strengthen that bench. I can see him winning a title. So bargaining injuries, you feel they they are the favorite this year and next year? See, that's tough. That's that's <laughs> very tough. Because initially, I I saw it as Denver versus Boston. Now you match up Denver with Phoenix, Man, that, that's, a, that's a seven-game series that's going either way. Um, to say they're the favorite, it's, it's tough because I haven't seen them on the floor together, but they're definitely a top three to four team in the NBA right now on paper. Yeah, the Nuggets are Nuggets fans are definitely most affected by all these deals for the team that wasn't a part of any of them. Uh, it, it's, it's a rough look for them after things started to look really sunny. Not saying that they're out of it by any means, but it's going to be a little bit tougher of a road now for sure. Yeah, and if I could hop in there about Denver, that team is just so structured. They're just structured perfectly. Murray and Jokic together. Aaron Gordon plays that you know third best man on the team role perfectly, and then their other role players they have just makes you know their synergy great. Um, I'm surprised they traded Bones, Bones Highland today for two second round picks. That that was. He's one of the best, you know, bench, young bench guys whose value, you know, I think of NBA 2K. Out of five stars, you're telling me, you know, Bones Highland has like three, three and a half stars because of his potential. He's worth two second round picks. That that was very head scratching. I like the the move for Thomas Bryant from the Lakers. He'll help them on the bench, but I can't get over the Bones Highland deal. Yeah, that definitely a surprising move there. And did the Warriors end up getting rid of James Wiseman? Yes, they did. He's on his way to the Detroit Pistons. Very interesting. And I think, I think the Warriors are kicking themselves because they could have had the mellow ball in that draft, and they chose Wiseman, mm-hmm. got rid of him for five first-round picks. All right, they turned those five, first, uh, five second-round picks, excuse me, Tom. They turned those around to Gary Payton Jr., but guess what? Gary Payton too, actually, was just on the Warriors, won a championship with them. He leaves, and now he's back yeah. for Wiseman, pretty much. So it's that, that move definitely confused me. Yeah, and if you're the Warriors, you had just a golden opportunity there 
saying, okay, well, we, we had a really terrible season. Things did not work out for us here. This isn't going to happen that often in the Curry, Thompson, Draymond era. We could take advantage of this and really bring in another guy who can bolster that next era that's going to come after. Because let's face it, there, there's no spring chickens left on this Golden State Warriors team. They, the window might have closed with the championship last season. Uh, still just hovering around 500 this year. It's definitely a tough look for this team right now as to what the cupboard is going to hold after these three are all gone. And Draymond could be gone at the end of this season, right? Uh, I, I could see Draymond staying around on a very team-friendly deal or, you know, however he'll be back just because his love for the Bay Area and playing with Steph and Clay. But the, the point about the window closing, I agree. I, I think it's closed, as, as you said, because look at how good teams in the West have gotten. I mean, last year's Warriors team facing, you know, this Denver team, I'm not, I'm not sure if they beat them. I think Jokic would eat them up inside, and their defense this year is just very suspect as a team. They just get eaten up, and they go shot for shot for shot for shot all game long. You know, if Jordan Poole's not cooking off the bench, that, that bench squad is very shaky. And, of course, Steph not being healthy really hurts them. Mm-hmm. Clay's inconsistencies hurts them. So this team is just not the same. It feels like they just hit that sweet spot last year where the new young guys coming up weren't quite ready to make that step to NBA champions, and the old guard also didn't really care quite as much anymore about going out to win a title, and they they, they just managed to catch right in that sweet spot. But I, I do agree. I think that this might be the end of the road for what has been a very, very fun to watch Golden State Warriors team, Jason. Yeah, they've been uh, amazing to watch uh, this last decade, basically. Uh, absolutely fun. You know, question I have for you, though, is uh, speaking of defense that we were talking about with uh, with teams like Denver and the Warriors, with the Kyrie deal to Dallas, I mean, he's going to bring offense there, but they still didn't really do anything to bolster their defense. I mean, here's a team that's that was, what, uh, a Game 7 last year in the uh, in the conference finals? And yeah. you, make a big, you make a big splash – to bring in a guy like Kyrie, but you didn't really help your defense out at all. That's the NBA, my friend, the modern day <laughs> NBA. Like I said, they'll go shot for shot for shot, but you know, it might win them some games in the regular season, but come playoff time, like you said, no defense, no guys really looking to lock up. It's going to backfire. And also no bench. I mean, their bench is pretty depleted. Dorian Finney Smith, even though he only averaged say like 10 points, six rebounds and limited minutes is an extremely valuable piece that has left them. That's going to, you know, it's going to show this, this, the Swiss cheese defense in Dallas right now, because you have Luca and Kyrie at the one and the two. All right. That's great on offense, but on defense, they're pretty much traffic cones. You know, I know I just want to be frank about it. I don't know how else to explain it. Um, And then their bench, they, they need, they need like a Nerlens Noel rim protector. And seriously, like a Carmelo Anthony type 12 points per game scorer off the bench, even though Melo's, you know, 38 years old. He's pretty much something they need right now off the bench. Yeah, he's not exactly bringing the defense either, but, you know, you need guys who can fill in around him. But they need some scoring off that bench. I mean, I'm always down for more Carmelo Anthony in the league if he wants to give it one more run. Yeah, why not? I think I mean. we all are, as are my Knicks. I think they should pull the trigger. They got like three open roster spots right now. I, I, I say why not? 
Oh, that would be a fun one to bring back. Mikey, I know you're burning the midnight oil here over on the East Coast. I appreciate you staying with us. We got to head to a break. Would you mind sticking around, talking a little more NBA on the other side here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Thomas Viola, Jason Halpern, Mikey Domagala, official NBA buzz, breaking down the NBA trade deadline. Patrick Everson coming up in hour number two as we switch over to the Super Bowl. Don't go anywhere. Plenty more to come here on a wonderful Thursday evening on SportsX Radio. It's for us tonight, some ACDC shoot to thrill there. Thomas Viola, Jason Halperin rolling with you here on a Thursday evening, filling in for Ken Thompson here on SportsX Radio. And, you know, Ken is off enjoying some time in Phoenix. Hopefully he's relaxing before this Super Bowl here with his family. Because relaxation is good for your heart. And your heart and your heart health and the health of those that you love has never been more important. It's on our minds, so get peace of mind when you visit Preventative Diagnostic Center. They have the only scanner of its kind in the region that gives early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart and lung disease. Call Preventative Diagnostic Center now to schedule your free consultation at 702-534-7900. Tell them Ken Thompson from SportsX Radio sent you. Ken did his scan, and he's glad he did. He got information on his heart and overall health he never would have known. The comfortable scan took only minutes, and he got a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. And another great, if you have a spouse or significant other, they are free. Go as a couple. Great Valentine's Day gift idea right here. Take the one you love to get to answers before there are signs or symptoms. You'll both get a heart CT scan with calcium score for only $125, and that's a $600 value per person. You only pay $125. That's cheaper than a night out on Valentine's Day at some restaurants around here. Just saying. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind when you take charge of your health. Call Preventative Diagnostic Center now, 702-534-7900. 702-534-7900. And I'll tell you, that's the move right here, ladies and gentlemen. Gents, tell, tell your wife, tell your girlfriend, hey, got something really special planned for Valentine's Day. Clear your plans. 5 p.m. I know it's early, but don't worry. It's going to be worth it. We're going somewhere really nice. We're going to get something really great. It's going to be a great experience. You're going to love it. Take them to go get their heart CT scan done here at Preventative Diagnostic Center. I'm telling you, they're going to love it. This could be a fantastic Valentine's Day. All right. We are back here. Thomas Viola, Jason Halpern, and Mikey Domagala, official NBA buzz on the line, breaking down the NBA trade deadline, what this means for the rest of the season here. Mikey, I know you were talking about your Knicks a little bit. I mean... What's gonna ha- is this team ever gonna figure it out and get right? <laughs> well, does figure it out and get right mean winning a championship? Does that mean making the playoffs <laughs> out of the first round? I mean, come on. To me, I would be absolutely amazed for them to win a first round series this year. I really like the addition of Josh Hart. You know, Cam Reddish was getting no burn off the bench at all, and you know, whatever you got to give up to. To get Josh Hart and a true defender, 15 points per game score, great chemistry with uh, Jalen Brunson, his college teammate. I'm, I'm all for it. I love the move, and I'll just be happy with winning 
a first round series. Such a ringing endorsement. That's peak New York sports fan at this point. Because let's face it, we haven't, as a city, New York has not had much to cheer for over the past several years. The Brooklyn Nets, instantly when they got KD and Kyrie, they lost any and all goodwill from the years of putrid mediocrity. And it just became, oh, well, you bought a super team and now we kind of want to see you not, not win. And then the the Giants are the closest thing we have right now. Yeah, you had the Yankees, which you got the Rangers. The yeah, the the Rangers. The Rangers they might, might be actually it. be the they might actually be the closest. I'll tell you, you know, had a great night tonight. Rangers, the Jets. It was a Jet sweep. Oh tonight. no, 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 no. The, the Rangers, I said. <laughs> I know, but the Jets had a good night tonight. Uh, Sauce Gardner, defensive rookie of the year. Uh, Garrett Wilson, offensive rookie of the year. If Brees Hall was healthy, he probably would have been the offensive rookie of the year. And not one, but two Hall of Famers. Darrell Revis and Joe Klecko go into the hall. Hang the banner now. I'm a Jets fan. This is the best it's going to get in the year 2023. <laughs> it's not like it's going to be good from here on out. We'll talk more in the second hour, Jason, about uh, potential landing spots of one Derek Carr and one Aaron Rodgers. The Jets on both of those lists, of course. But right now, still talking some NBA here. And what what is going on right now? Milwaukee Bucks and Los Angeles Lakers. If we look at the Rich Abadji and Finley out-of-town scoreboard here. Hey! The Bucks have taken the lead, 73-71, five minutes to play in the third quarter right now. Jason, I got the worst of the number. I bet them at my at four and a half in-game. You got plus two and a half, though. I got plus two and a half on that in-game there uh, just after uh, halftime. And, Mikey, I, I will say, I think it was peak LeBron to break the scoring record on Tuesday. <laughs> And then with sit, I already know it's coming. You don't even have to continue. Thirty seconds left, down six to the Thunder, and who is on the bench? LeBron. That is peak late stage LeBron James career. This man does not care about winning anymore. I mean, listen, I like LeBron a lot, but should we go up step further? What about tonight? I mean, they give him a little ceremony pregame. He looks sharp as anything. So you already know that was all planned for him with the family on the court. Now, listen, I get it. I get it. Amazing record that'll probably maybe even stand forever based off his robot-like ability to, you know, never look towards retirement. But, all right, like like you said, he sat the last couple of minutes. They lost that game. Today, here they are, Milwaukee. They're in a close game. And it's just – it's it's typical LeBron, like you said. Hey, pour one out. For all of the Laker fans and even just people that wanted to be there that paid buckets and buckets of cash to be at this game because everybody thought this, this was the was game the where one. he was going to break it. Those tickets were insane, and now you get there and he's not even playing. Yes, I read. I think the average ticket was like $800, and today the resale was 50 So <laughs> those people, you know, that, that's a tough one to swallow. That's I would be so sick to my stomach right now if I paid those prices. And and that's the big problem that the NBA is dealing with right now is the fact that you have fans. There was a viral story about a fan who traveled a really long way to see, I want to say it was uh, Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Traveled a long way to see Jimmy Butler, paid all that money for the tickets, and then Butler wasn't playing that night. That That's a problem in the league you don't see that anywhere else uh, injuries are one thing but the fact that just on any given night the stars might not be playing and well listen oh i, I thought you finished there i'm sorry no 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 go go ahead it's it's a player's league 
Um, yeah. As you saw with Kyrie, as you saw with Kevin Durant and their decision to kind of move on, ask for trades, and kind of pick and choose where they want to go, that's one part of it. It's also a player's league to say, you know, I'm not really feeling it tonight. I'm going to sit out or, you know, my thigh's a little sore. Let's just make it seem like it's a lot of sore. I, I actually believe that's really how it is in the, in the NBA today. They know how to protect themselves. They know how to protect their money more than ever and just pretty much protect their peace. So I think if any of those are checked off in the slightest, they'll, they'll miss a game. I just, I, I'm personally torn on it because on the one hand, Absolutely. I don't want to see you get hurt. I don't want to see anybody get hurt because they were out there when maybe they shouldn't be. But on the other hand, it really is unfortunate for the league. And it's clearly a detriment to the fans and to the to, to the entire sport when you can pay all this money and it's a crapshoot as to whether or not you're going to actually be able to go and see the stars. But, oh, yeah. I mean... Uh- Oh, imagine the taste in these fans' mouths when that happens to them. And then that paintbrush of the whole NBA is, you know, spread around to their family and friends about how pissed off they are at the NBA or such player. So it, it's true. It, it definitely happens. I've, I've, I've known people who, you know, they've said a, a similar story about. And, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, it, it really is. Jason, what do you think? You know, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you take over half the league makes the playoffs. These guys don't really have anything to play for during the regular season. It's it's just kind of muddle through it, stay healthy, and then just turn it on in in uh, April and May when it starts to matter. And, and unfortunately, it's an unfortunate situation when you take so many teams to the playoffs. It, it truly is because no, the fans lose out. That's a great point. And Actually, last week I had Raymond Felton, 14-year NBA veteran on Inside Buzz with me. All fans can go check that out on YouTube and all platforms. A little plug there. But his point about the regular NBA season, he said he doesn't watch the regular NBA season until like three-fourths of the way through. He goes, why am I going to watch that? Everybody's not trying. Everybody's chucking threes. And real basketball and real defense, you start seeing, you know, come playoff time when teams are actually fighting. Like you said, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, maybe fans should kind of switch up the playbook a little and only go to games in like the second half of the season or right before the playoffs or the playoffs. It's a microcosm of the game. Uh, the only competitive part of a basketball game is the last two minutes. The only competitive part of the season is the last couple of games and getting into the playoffs. Mikey, thank you so much for being with us here tonight. Uh, you were giving it a little bit of a plug, but please give the full plug. Where can people find you and all the great work you're doing? I appreciate that. Um, follow NBA Buzz on all social platforms combined. 3.2, pushing 3.3 million followers combined. Uh, you can subscribe to me, Mikey Domegala, on YouTube. I'm doing a lot of great new things. Uh, like I said, Inside Buzz interviews on there, but also Man on the Street interviews. Uh, last week I was in Brooklyn interviewing, uh, you know, Brooklynites about the Kyrie Irving trade. And then today the KD trade to Phoenix. So check all that out on YouTube and NBA Buzz on all platforms. Mikey Domagala here with us. Thank you so much. Mikey, five seconds. Who's winning the Super Bowl? I got Kansas City. You can't fade Holmes <laughs> and Kelsey in the championship. All right, Mikey, thank you so much for being with us. Patrick Everson coming up next here on SportsX Radio. Tom Viola, Jason Halperin. Catch us on the next hour. 
Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub with three locations one on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Leverers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. now. Thomas Viola and Jason Halpern back with you here on Sports X Radio for hour two. On a Thursday night, it is a wonderful Thursday night here in Las Vegas as we are gearing up for the betting event of the year. This is the New Year's of the betting calendar here, the Super Bowl Eagles. Eagles versus Chiefs. Mark Hoke in my ear trying to distract me here with WrestleMania talk. Get out of here. That, that You can't even bet on that because it's not real. You can't bet on it. You can't bet on it. But... The Super Bowl, you can bet on right here in Las Vegas, and there is no man more tapped into what is going on around town when it comes to the latest in line movements and more, and that is Patrick Everson of Las Vegas Insider. Patrick, thank you so much for being here with us. How are you doing this evening? I'm good tonight, Tom. Thanks for having me. Jason, good to chat with you as well. Likewise. Uh, you're burning the midnight oil here for us. I know after this, you got to go on with Greg Peterson on VSIN. Thank you so much for being here. You're a busy man. Yeah. What what can I say? It's uh, look. It's uh, busy is good, especially this time of year. This is a this is a really fun week. There's nothing quite like it. Uh, it's the biggest single day sports betting event in America, and uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be anywhere else for it. I mean. They, I will say at least this year, though, you're, you're, it is interesting down in Phoenix because you've got a legal sports betting state mm-hmm. hosting yeah. a Super Bowl. So that's pretty cool. Um, that's the first time that's ever happened, and the second time it'll happen will be the real, the real deal next year at Allegiant. That's going to be spectacular. What a week that's going to be. I, I hear we're planning on knocking down the Flamingo and Desert Inn bridges over the freeway for that one, just to make the traffic that much better for everybody. Oh man! Oh yeah, why not? Why yeah. not? We're all in. Let's just <laughs> let's just ruin it for everybody now. Exactly. But let's get into the game here because it's it's been an interesting one to see, and honestly, it's a little disappointing that yes, we got the two best teams, or at least two of the very best teams that we could have for this game, but. A lot of the talk has been around the Chiefs' injury news. And sure. as, 
as a result, this line, you're seeing it. Eagles minus one, Chiefs plus one and a half, depending on your shop here, uh, who's hanging what. But the line movement within the threes here, not really that big of a deal and not really that big of an indicator on what's actually going on here. You've had your ear to the ground. You've been talking to some of the smartest bettors, far smarter than I what have you been hearing from the guys who we would consider in the know? Where are they leaning on this game? Well, there's there's a guy I talk to pretty much every week, uh, pretty pretty sharp guy, and he's and he is here in Vegas. And so I talked to him last week midweek just to get a sense of where he was on some of this early activity. And he was like, and 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 you know how the sharp bet you both you guys both know how the sharp betters are. Typically, they're betting. You know, they like to bet dogs. They like to bet unders on the props. They like to take the nose and the uh, and the unders. Uh, you're certainly well aware of that, Tom, with, you know, with your work with Rufus. Rufus is a no, is a no and under guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, if he's taking anything that's positive, it's because he's dug deep and found really good value. But this particular better said, hey, I'm, the only thing I'm on, and this was middle of last week, he's like, too many injuries. I don't know what's going on, but I love over 49 and a half. Um, and obviously that's not out there. We haven't seen 49 and a half in a while, and I don't think we're going to see 49 and a half again. Um, I don't think this is going down. This is the Super Bowl. It's going up. The public's going to bet the up. So this guy's on the over 49 and a half, and he, what he said was Andy Reid with two weeks is lethal, plus it's a fast track. He said he likes both offenses to produce and score. He said it feels like it's a 34-24 type of finish. This is what he messaged me. And what I inferred out of that, Tom and Jason, he said, Andy Reid with two weeks is lethal. And I said, so you're thinking KC 34-24? I said, are you just generally speaking that you think it's going to be that kind of score regardless of who wins? And he said, can't pick a side yet with the injuries. But um, uh, so he wouldn't go further, even though it sort of looks like he's leaning Chiefs. Mm -hmm. So then I reached out to him yesterday to just see where he's at now. And again, Tom, to your point, we still don't really have a, a, a clear picture of where the Chiefs are at. But this guy, you know, he bet the over already, and now he's just betting correlated props to, uh, to, to work into that. And it's all on – this is awesome. I absolutely love this. I, and he's sharp, so I know he knows what he's doing. But, I, you know, he could win all four of these. He could lose all four of these. He could have a little bit of both. But here's what he did. He put 2000 bucks on the first score of the game being in the first six and a half minutes at even money, okay? So a score in the first six and a half minutes. And then he put 1000 bucks on each of the following, a score in the first five and a half minutes, a score in the first four and a half minutes, a score in the first three and a half minutes. So if there is a score right out of the gate, you know, within three and a half minutes, he'll win all four of those and he'll clear 10000 bucks. So it's, it's, it's fascinating. He's just like, look, I feel like both teams are going to come out, be aggressive, try to score from the get-go. I don't think there's going to be a feeling out period. It's going to be, let's be aggressive. So, uh, you know, from our side of the counter, that's, uh, that's, that's a pretty, pretty sharp player who's, uh, you know, who, who's, who's known around town. Uh, you know, on the other side of the counter, look, this line's been stagnant for a week pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, one and a half has pretty much been the number. Uh, once it's settled in, you got the initial burst on the Eagles. You got a little bit of sharp buyback on, on the Chiefs. And really, it's just painted to one and a half right now, as our good friend uh, uh, Dave Sherapan would describe it painted to one and a half. <laughs> and, you know, it's, I was talking with Rex Byers on Wednesday night, our good, our good friend over at Play Up USA, who's, who's, who's formerly also worked with, he's worked with the Superbook, he's worked at South Point, he's worked at Caesars. 
Yeah, he's a he's a very smart odds maker and a great guy to talk to. And you know his his opinion. He he kind of likes the Chiefs here, but you know, he, he, and he feels like maybe there was a little bit of a of an overreaction, if you will, to get the Eagles all the way out to two and a half. But at one and a half, what he told me last night is there is no way that this is. He thinks there's no way this is getting back to two, no chance. Um, so he said it's not going to go back to Eagles back two. I think it's going back down. Um, and and then as far as the total goes kind of echoing what I said a few moments ago. He's like, look, no matter how many sharp guys come in on under, if they decide to come in on under at 51 or, or maybe more, this is the most public of all public games. And this line, the, the total is, if you're not at 51 yet, you're going to be there. And even if you get there, you might not be finished at 51. You're probably, he, he thinks it's going higher. Obviously, the books are going to be rooting for the under in a big way. Yeah, and that is absolutely no surprise because, like you said, the public likes right. to bet the over, and this is where the public money is going to start coming in in droves because this is when people are getting to town to watch the Super Bowl here in Vegas and bet on it. This is where they're. Mm-hmm. This is where the the game becomes top of mind, and the right. average Joe is starting to say, "Okay, it's time for me to get my Super Bowl bets in. What am I going to be taking?" I completely agree with you. This line is not going back to two. I grabbed Chiefs two and a half on Monday, or possibly yes, Sunday night. When the line opened at circa as cheap with right. Chiefs as the favorite. Oh man, that is a that's a wow, 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 amazing, huh? Unreal. Yeah. That was a cool opening line. I like that. Yeah. They, anyway, they, go ahead. I'm sorry. They opened with the Chiefs, and then the line swung all the way the other way to the Eagles. Chiefs got all the way up to two and a half, and I just said to myself, you know, I'm getting two and a half even money right now. There is no sure. way I'm going to see a line this good the rest of the week and the rest of next week. And just to let you guys know. Uh, if you are looking for a line, Station still has Chiefs plus two. Wow. Updated wow. right now, looking at it on my phone hell, right I now. To, I might have to go over to GBR. What the hell is going on? Is that <laughs> juiced or what, Jason? It's uh, They're a plus two, minus 110. Wow. No. Oh, man, I almost swore on air there. Sorry. <laughs> That's worth, that would have been worth it because this is one you can't find anywhere. Yeah. And I don't I don't need K-Dog getting in trouble with the FCC. <laughs> but holy smokes, I might have to go over there and, and, and take a nibble of that, head over to GVR before the closing time, get myself a $2 frozen margarita and, and, and get the Chiefs two, plus two. That's, that's really interesting, Jason, because there's not, uh, you know, as I'm looking, I mean, there's one, it looks like WinBet might be at two right now. WinBet's always going to book this in a fascinating way. We, you know, we know some of the people over at WinBet, definitely some really sharp odds makers. Uh, really sharp risk room. So that's interesting there at two, but I'm just seeing one and a half everywhere. So stations being at two at, at, you know, two flat are, yeah. uh, is it's fascinating for sure. I just have a feeling and I'm look, I'm more of a public guy than a sharp guy. I do get, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that, that, uh, uh, that Tom's coworker, you know, the, the co-founder of unabated Rufus Peabody is willing to give me the time of day which he is. He's a really nice guy. He tells me a lot of interesting stuff and a lot of sharp stuff. And I, and I, and I talked to you about that sharp better just a little bit ago, some of the bets he's on here in Vegas. Um, but look, I'm more of a fun betting guy. I want to have a good time with this. So uh, I just have a feeling there's no sharpness to this at all, but I feel like the chiefs are going to be healthier than people think. And so I took chiefs alternate spread minus six and a half. Let's go. I love that bet. What 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 line did you get that at? Plus two forty at South Point. Yeah, I I love that. I love That's that a, a lot. One. I thought seven seven and a half. And Chris, when I made the bet, I talked to Chris Andrews about it, the sports director. There, he said, 
hey, why don't you go take a nibble at minus 10 and a half? I'm like, Chris, man, I mean, the price is fine. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to argue with how you priced minus 10 and a half. It was plus, I don't know, 360 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, you know what? I think I, you know, they're, they're, they're one and a half point dogs right now. I'm going, you know, eight points the other way. I think that's that's good enough. I'll be very I'll be very happy if somehow this ends up Chiefs thirty one twenty four. I'll be over the moon. Yeah, I, and I think that's a very very reasonable outcome here. I, I could sure. see this game either way being decided by two scores. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a nine oh, and a half point game, but yeah, I, I see this as being a game that maybe isn't quite as close down the stretch, despite being relatively close the whole way through. But I'm completely with you where. My head is officially at this point at the Chiefs are healthier than we're accounting for. Like I said in the first hour, a lot of recency bias going on with these with, with these uh-huh. last two games yeah. that we saw here, and yep. uh, with everybody and their mother on the Eagles right now, I'm just I'm turning the other way and I'm saying, oh, I'm I'm liking the Chiefs now. The contrarian in me is out in full force. Oh, I'm I'm gonna disagree with you, and I think it's uh, and good on you for. Uh, being on the alert on that Sunday night, I was cranking out content and watching this, you know, a couple of articles that I had to get done that night in the wake of the, of the conference championship games. And I'm watching this move and it just didn't strike me the way it struck you, which it should have, but it didn't, but it, it, uh, it you know, kudos on you for seeing that two and a half, because look, you're getting Patrick Mahomes, a generational quarterback getting points in the Super Bowl. I mean, getting two and a half points and you're, and you're, and you're totally right. I mean, I don't, I don't see unless something really, really unusual happens in the next day, day and a half. There's no way this is even getting back to two, let alone two and a half or three. It's going the other way, I think. So um, that's a that's a great number you got. And uh, if you're here in Vegas, as Jason pointed out, Stations has got plus two flat on the Chiefs right now. Um, you know, it's not a huge difference. It, it may not be the difference in the game, but if you're if you're very number sensitive, then uh, then you and you want the Chiefs. Like I said, I think this is going the other way. Rex Byers thinks it's going the other way. He thinks it's going to. He doesn't necessarily think it's, he doesn't necessarily think it'll flip back to the Chiefs, mm-hmm. but he thinks it's heading towards Pickham at least. You know, it, it could get back to Pickham. So and, if 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 you believe that, then get over to Stations and get your plus two. And the thing that you have to remember here is that crossing the zero doesn't mean nearly as much, especially in a Super Bowl, because of the fact that right. you can't land on zero. And so it's really it's really that we're just in complete dead number territory here. And I agree with you. It's going to swing back. That that was my other thinking in the course of the last week. I said the injury reports are going to start coming out. If you think that the Chiefs are going to be healthy and that those are going to, it's going to be positive reports, which I'm inclined to believe we were going to get because of the fact that they wouldn't want to tip their hand. I'd imagine that at the very least they'd be saying, oh, yeah, everybody's good to go and going to play, whether or not they actually were it was going to impact the line in this way. We're going to see it starting to drift closer in towards a pick here. Right, exactly. And um, it's, I, I, I do think that's, that's kind of where we're headed. I hope that's where we're headed because it certainly makes my six and a half better. It makes your two and a half plus two and a half just awesome. I mean, that's a, it's a good play. And to your point, there's not a lot of difference here. This was something that Jeff Benson said last week, because you pointed out, Tom, that Circa opened Chiefs two and a half. And that line just screamed off of that. People mm-hmm. were hammering the Eagles at Circa. And Jeff had a really funny prescient quote. He's like, well, the marketplace decided our line was garbage. Yeah. Um, he literally said that. It was, I'm paraphrasing only slightly. He did say garbage. I know that. The marketplace decided our line was garbage or something like that, which was hilarious. But look, 
to Jeff's point, moving from two and a half to pick and then, then even from pick to the other side, two and a half, Eagles two and a half, that's not nearly as significant a move as, say, going from minus four to minus six. Right. Um, that's a more significant move with the numbers involved and the way games play out and so forth. Going from, you know, a line of less than three to a line of less than three on the other side and certainly just from less than from two and a half just to pick them. It, there's not much there because games don't end on those numbers. You don't have games that finish with a team winning by one point often and certainly not by two points either. So uh, it's, it, it's, it's a, it seems like you're like, oh, it moved five points. Well, it did, but this is a different kind of five-point move. It's important. It's relevant. Yeah, but, but it's a little bit different kind of five-point move. Exactly. If the, if the line were to move from Eagles one-and-a-half – to Eagles plus two and a half, that would be less than if it moved from Eagles two to Eagles three. Like yeah. that, that, that's just how key numbers work. Yeah, the key yeah. numbers are certainly involved, and in, the key numbers are certainly a big part of this, no question. And um, I just hope you and me are, are kind of on the right side of this with 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 how with Kansas City being healthy and hopefully playing well. And and really to your point, I was looking over the. Uh, uh, the Superbooks catalog today. <laughs> you and I were both out there last week, Tom. Yep. That is so awesome. I know it's not as crowded as it used to be, but it's still just a neat thing. You're around a lot of really intelligent people, and, and you get to see some really neat things happen. Um, but I was looking today, and I think I saw something that, like, will, you know, the largest lead of the game over under 14 and a half, I think it was, is what it was. And the odds were not way out of whack. It wasn't like it was, you know, really a big favorite that, it was going to be less than 14 and a half or a huge dog that anybody was going to be up by more than two touchdowns. So um, it wasn't, it wasn't over two to one. I know that. So, uh, you know, that kind of tells you there that, that, that uh, just the fact that the odds are relatively short on an either team leading by more than 14 tells you that that's not an unusual happenstance. And if, and if it does happen, as you said, you'd expect that would normally be later in the game. I mean, somebody could break out, to a big lead, but uh, uh, it could certainly happen. You know what prop bet, before we get you out of here, you know what prop bet I have my eye on right now? I, I have to shop around. I saw it at Will Hill, and I want to go and make sure I'm getting the best line on it, of course, because betters, line shopping is the number one most important thing that you can do to try and have an advantage over the book here as I'm trying to find it here. Team to record the first sack. The Eagles are minus yeah. 125. The Chiefs are plus 105. And oh, I think I know where you're going with this. I was on I was on the uh, we did our unabated live stream today with uh yeah. with Rufus Peter and Captain Jack. By the way, go check I, us well, out on unabated.com. And Rufus had a really great point. Because Peter mm-hmm. liked Josh Sweat to have over half a sack in the game at plus 135, and Rufus was like, "I don't really like that bet because Mahomes doesn't take sacks." He actually, yeah. he's re- even at limited mobility, which again, how limited, you don't know. He's not that big. He, he's, he's really good at avoiding the pressure and avoiding taking sacks, even if the, the pressure does get to him. Meanwhile, the Chiefs were the second best team in the league at generating quarterback pressure this season. At plus mm-hmm. 105 here, I'll tell you, I, I like the Chiefs on this prop. I want to shop around and see if I can't find it larger than that, but... I think I'm going to be firing away on the Chiefs in this one. Oh, I, I love that call. And, and, and to obviously first off to Rufus's point, 
Mahomes doesn't tend to take sacks. Mahomes has had two weeks to get ready. Uh, he, he will have had two weeks to get ready. I think, you know, and if I recall correctly, Rufus was talking to me a little bit about that uh, last Thursday night when we were all out at the Superbook um, for their big props reveal. And I, I, I don't recall exactly what he said about this, but I, I, either he or, or one of the other people out there who was talking about the same prop, um, that Hertz is more prone to sacks, mm-hmm. even though Hertz is very mobile and he gets around and so forth, but he's more prone to sacks. So uh, not only is you, you've got one QB that's less prone to sacks, one QB that's more prone to sacks. You've got the stat that you just cited, Tom, on the Chiefs, uh, you know, generating pressure. Um, I love the Chiefs on that, especially at plus money. Yeah, I'm gonna shop around, see what kind of bet I can, uh, see what kind of price I can find it at. But I like that one, and then I lo- I like the more than two and a half players to throw a pass in this game. I just got that feeling because first off. Both quarterbacks come in with some injury concerns here. Not just Mahomes, but Hurts, remember, is dealing with that shoulder. Uh, you, you have to believe Henny thing's possible with Chad Henny there for the Chiefs if they do need him for a series or something. And is Andy Reid going to dial up the cheeseburger special? Uh, this man is a fiend for great play calling. And like you said, uh, he had like Andy Reid with two weeks is lethal. They're going to have some creative mm-hmm. stuff. I think there's going to be an, a trick play pass in this game. I don't mind taking that at plus money. Oh, yeah, I'm on that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a couple versions of that. The, you know, I'm on it at the Superbook. I'm just um, over two and a half players to throw a pass. South Point has modified it slightly. Over two and a half uh, players to complete a pass. Mm. They're not, <laughs> not just the throw, but the completion. I don't so like that as much. Further, that's a step further, but I took it anyway because I want to be in on both and cash them both. Mm-hmm. So I threw Chris, I threw Chris Andrews a little bit of my money on that too. But yes, that's a step, uh, that's a step slightly further. You get a little bit more. It's a little bit more plus money on it because you've got to have the completion as opposed to just the throw. And of course, everybody who's listening, keep in mind this is this this excludes two point conversion attempts. This has to happen in the course of a regular down and distance, not. Not a not a two point extra point that doesn't count as a as a as a third pass or if they do a trick play on a two point attempt. But anywhere else, to your point, Tom. First off, you got trick plays. Second off, if if a quarterback has to leave for just a series, you know, a minor thing, and they have to step off the field for a few minutes, um, anything happens. Well, the other you know whoever comes in throws one ball and bingo, bango, bongo, you got a winner. Exactly. And it's the Super Bowl. This is where you're pulling out all the stops. You're digging underneath the floorboards and trying to find new creative plays to come up with here. I'm excited to see what the Chiefs bring because the Chiefs have two play callers. They have Andy and Drew. Drew comes out for the meaningless game against the Carolina Panthers where they just kind of know that they're going to win. And so they come out, they lollygag around, and they use a very vanilla playbook. And then for the games where they're playing the Bills – that's when Andy Reid's at the helm, and he's saying, okay, we're, we're pulling out all the stops here. We've got reverses. We've got fake jet sweeps. We've got everything under the sun to use it at our disposal here, and we're taking advantage of the weapons. I think it's going to be an interesting game. I'm on the Chiefs, but I th- both teams have fun. I'm taking that bet. As, I'm taking the yes on that bet. I think this is going to be an interesting Super Bowl. Patrick, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. I know you got to go. You got another appointment here with the G Unit. So why don't you just let people know where they can find you and the great work you're doing around the internet? Great. Uh, I appreciate that. Thanks to both of you for having me on. It's great talking to you both. 
uh, VegasInsider.com, a ton of my work and a lot of other great contributors' works. All my peers at Vegas Insider are busting their tails over these couple of weeks. Uh, so a whole lot of great Super Bowl content from me and a cast of many uh, over at Vegas Insider. Uh, if you can, if you don't mind, check me out on Twitter at Patrick E underscore Vegas. Uh, lots of good content there, and we'll be we'll be doling out a ton of good social media content, videos, and so forth all weekend long, especially on Super Bowl Sunday. So, so uh, give me a look there. And again, uh, Tom and and Jason, thanks a lot for having me on on that. I appreciate it. Patrick Everson joining Jason Halpern, Thomas Viola here. Pat, once again, thank you so much. We'll be back on the other side here, bringing it home, talking some more Super Bowl and some Golden Knights here to close out this wonderful Thursday evening. Don't go anywhere. SportsX Radio, back after this. You tease me with your loving to play hard to get Cause I do know that I want you You walk around this town with your head on a famous And you do know that I want you Let's dance, let's shout, shout Shake your body down to the ground Let's dance, let's shout, shout Shake your body down to the ground Let's dance, let's shout, shout Shake your body down to the ground Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back on in. We are moving and shaking here on a Thursday evening. Thomas Viola, Jason Halpern filling in here for Ken Thompson, who is down in sunny Phoenix getting ready for the Super Bowl. And we are here occupying the Panache Boyle and Ravaputi Studios, the PS, the best personal injury Personal, I'm trying to read this here. The personal injury SoCal for a long time. Now in now with in their fourth year in Las Vegas, 702-830-9353. I'm sorry I just butchered that live read for you guys here, but uh, I was reading it off of a sideways photo of an index card that Ken took a picture of here. <laughs> Had to deal with it as I may. We have to. We have to brave some of our adversity here, uh, and that is exactly what we did here, Jason. Th- fantastic having on Patrick Everson and Mikey Domagala in the first hour talking NBA. Patrick talking all the line movements around the Super Bowl in the second hour, and you know talking about some of the betting concepts that we laid out there with Patrick. Uh, the public likes to bet overs, but what does that really mean for you? What does that mean for what you should be doing? We know that the sharps like to bet the unders, but. When it comes to the right time to make your bets, the time is coming up here. If you wanted to get the overs in, the time is past. If you wanted to bet over on anyone's passing yards, anything like that, you missed a boat. But if you like unders, you should actually be waiting. Up until kickoff, fire away on your bets come this weekend. Because right now, the public is coming into town. The public is coming in and getting ready to start betting whatever it is they're going to bet on. And most of the time, it's going to be overs because it's fun. It's fun to bet on things to happen in games. But the reality is, it's easier to bet on them not to happen. And the concept of that's too much juice doesn't exist to sharp bettors. I was talking with guys this weekend who were talking about putting down money on minus 600, minus 800, minus 1,000 bets because they said the price should be minus 800, minus 1,000, minus 1,200. And it's not. It's off because of the inflation here. Uh, one of the bets that both Peter and Rufus liked, Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown score, no. Because the price is going to be so inflated because everybody and their mother has Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown in this game. Absolutely, and, and that's one that's going to be a 
while you think it's going to happen, it might not happen. Yeah. It absolutely might not happen. Like, there is a possibility there. It's a faint possibility, but it's a possibility. And clearly, it's a possibility that is larger than the price given on it, which is why they want to jump on something like that. Because that's what sharp bettors do. They're not betting games. They're not betting teams. They're not betting players. They're betting on prices. Exactly. And you have a lot of experience with this yourself from your time running a sports book, right? That's correct. I had a lot of experience of it, of actually having the sharps coming in there and finding those bad lines and exploiting them. Uh, it was a little different back then. You couldn't do it on your phones. You actually had to do it in person. Uh, in fact, during my time, you couldn't even have your phone on you, uh, <laughs> on in the sports books uh, during my time. But uh, yeah, that was something that we always had to look out for. Uh, were the sharps coming in there and trying to hammer down on those lines? And what was what were some of the crazy Super Bowl stories for you? What were some of the craziest bets that you've seen? I know one story in particular. We'll get to in a second. <laughs> the 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 Super Bowls. Um, you didn't have a lot of really crazy ones. I mean, obviously, we, we will get to the one that uh, that was crazy way back in the day, but uh, that was after my time in in the books. More so, um, we dealt with a lot of the. Uh, a lot more with college football. Uh, we would see a lot more crazy stuff coming in with that than we would with the Super Bowl. The Super Bowls, people were just more or less coming in and picking them and uh, just laying down big bets on them. There wasn't a whole lot of craziness with it. Uh, you know, the lines were pretty – we didn't see a whole lot of movement on a lot of them. Sometimes we did. Uh, there were a few that we saw, saw a nice three-point move on it, but for the most part, there wasn't a whole lot. As we talked about earlier, there wasn't a whole lot of movement, a whole lot of uh, things changing. Um, you know, I think the, uh, trying to think back here to, to some of the Super Bowls that were there, the, no, I, nothing really sticks out on my head to be honest with you, unfortunately. Well, then let's get to the big one. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories that you have. The big one, of course, was, uh, was back at, uh, back in the day. This is in, uh, I believe it was, uh, the 08. 09, somewhere around in that era. It was uh, right after I had left uh, running a book. We'll uh, we'll leave that book uh, anonymous at the moment. <laughs> but uh, the guy that took over uh, really didn't have any uh, any sort of clue as to what was going on with the book. Uh, nice guy, but um, just really didn't know anything about it. And uh, he decided to allow parlays on prop bets. Uh, completely unheard of. Yikes. And when word got out that this was allowed, let's just say that there was a quite a large line waiting to place bets at the book. Um, I would say somewhere in the neighborhood of about an hour and a half to two hour wait at some point to uh, to try to get uh, get bets in there for it. Needless to say, the book got absolutely hammered on that uh, on that little exchange there to the point where uh, some of the sister casinos around town that were that were part of this uh, conglomerate refused to accept tickets for the uh, uh, for that sports book. Wanted to make sure they were all cashed in right away at the proper book, so they didn't have to wait uh, wait the uh, two weeks to uh, to a month to see the actual losses that 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 book uh, suffered there. But uh, myself and a few other guys that were running books at the time, we had a uh, had a good laugh about it. Um, needless to say, uh, since I was no longer uh, working there, I was. Uh, more than happy to 
to try to get a better two in down there and and let people I know about it, uh, let people I know know about it, so they get down there and uh, take advantage of it. And, and to be clear, I mean, for some people out there today, betting parlaying props that's just normal because you have same game parlays now. That's something that outside of Las Vegas you can actually do at a yes. lot of these places. That's also very different. Because when you same-game parlay at a FanDuel or a DraftKings or any of these books now, it goes through what's called a black box. And so it's not the true price that you're getting when you parlay two minus 110 bets together. You're not getting the payout that you would on two separate bets. They bake in into the line what the correlation there is. But for example, if you were to parlay in this Super Bowl Patrick Mahomes over 250 yards passing and juju smith schuster over 80 yards receiving i'm making up numbers that there's a correlation there because if juju has over 80 yards rush uh receiving mahomes most would have had to throw those 80 yards and also it would probably mean that he was throwing the ball a lot that's what you'd call a correlated bet however Back in the day, there was no math going on to price out that correlation. Absolutely not. There was no math. Uh, you were looking at it. Uh, it was basically like looking at a parlay card. If you're taking three bets, you're looking at six to one. Possibly, uh, if you're lucky, getting a six and a half to one on it. And you were hitting the money. And people, believe me, were hitting the money on these. <laughs> <laughs> so some good, uh, some other good news here for us. Lakers Bucks has gone final. Bucks win one fifteen to one oh six. We both cash. We both cashed. Absolutely, go. it was a good one there. Uh, never really a doubt on that one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's some of these games in the NBA where you can just look at it because it's it's such a game of runs, and that's the advantage that you can have when you're live betting some of these is being able to look at it and just say, well, we know that that team really should win this game. <laughs> Them being down eight right now doesn't really tell me much. As far as as far as what they're going to do the rest of the game, I could probably jump in right now and pick them up at a decent price to go on and win this like we did. Absolutely. Uh, Glad I uh, jumped on the uh, the second half of that one. Also glad I stayed away from the St. Mary's uh, second half on that one there. Looks like St. Mary's ended up being a loser on that one uh, by four. Little Loyola Mallermount knocking the dust off of. uh, St. Mary's there. Sister Jean still got it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had a I had quite a bet today. Are you ready for this? Ten, I, I had the under one fifty two and a half in the Tennessee Martin Skyhawks versus the Eastern Illinois Panthers. Now, see, from back from my day in the book, I would actually ask you. You know what? I'm not giving you that bet unless you can name me two starters off of either team. <laughs> You're not getting that bet because you found something that wasn't right there. It's not that I found I, I took the bet at Circa. It's just that their line was I had point and a half or a point better. And you know what? I needed every point because the final <laughs> score was 77-75. You needed everything you could get there. But, oh. hey, congrats, man. That's a good one. I had uh, Sanford versus Mercer over yesterday. I want to say 138. My I'm bad with numbers. It's great that I'm in gambling, although I'm actually – I'm. this is why I'm in the broadcast side and I'm not actually a sharp better. But – the game, no prayer of going over, but it hits overtime, and I'm like, perfect. I need five points, and we were five points to the under. Tie game goes to overtime, and I'm like, we're cruising. <laughs> we're going to get this. This is going to be easy. I need five points in overtime. 
two minutes to play. I need one point. It's 68-69. And I'm like, we're cruising. We're good. Chalk this up as a it's win. It's a foul. Somewhere there's a foul. The final score was 70-69. to They only had one bucket the final two minutes of overtime. Oh. I There was a moment where I was like, we're really not going to get this. This is going to be a, a <laughs> sub-five-point overtime performance. Are you kidding me? But we got there. It's brutal to have to sweat that. Absolutely brutal to sweat that. That was a ridiculous sweat indeed. All right. We got one more block here to go. We're going to be talking a little bit more Super Bowl. We do got to get back to the Golden Knights here. Talk about what's been going on recently. Unfortunately, no big Logan Thompson updates right now. Prayers up for him. We will be back talking more about that right after this. Don't go anywhere. I said Jenny Dava. Mark Hope spinning them for us on a Thursday evening. It's been an eclectic mix, but I certainly do not mean that in a pejorative way. Quality tunes tonight from the hoaxer at the helm in the control room there. And, you know, if you like wrestling, if you like the WWE, if you like all things scripted combat sport, be sure to check out Mark's podcast on Sunday mornings, The Mark Hoke Show. You don't want to miss it. Absolutely fantastic. He was going viral for one of his interviews the other day. We love to see it. Hats off to you, my friend. Please go check out his show, If Wrestling Is Your Thing, because it is a great time. And, you know, not a great time here tonight, though. Although it was a great time for the Knights on the ice. 5-1, to one, the victory over the Wild, and Marc-Andre Fleury, who did get the hook in that game. Marc-Andre did get the hook, but Marc-Andre also joined another elite club. He was the first goalie to beat all 32 teams. Mm-hmm. He has now joined six other or five other goalies as a awesome. goalie now to lose to all 32 teams. So... You know, Hall of Fame career for for Flurry there for the Flower, but uh, you know what? He took the L on this one. Congratulations for yet another uh, another record for you. Is it really six goalies? I believe there were six goalies that have uh, that have lost all of them. There's six active goalies. I don't know. Talbot, uh, I believe Talbot's lost all of them. Did, uh, because I'm just thinking, you have to start accounting for the Kraken now. Yeah, uh, but maybe there isn't. Yeah, I thought I had read that there are, there are six. I mean, uh, I, I could be wrong. I'm just shooting from the hip and saying that it, it, that number could have been out of date due to the Kraken. Be. It may be. We know that Flurry is at least the— uh, Definitely rarefied air. Rarefied air on both sides, because I know he's beaten all 32, and I know now he's lost all 32. Mm-hmm. He was the first to beat all 32. So— yeah, I uh, I could be off on that one a little bit, uh, but I was uh, was pretty sure he wasn't the only one now to have lost all thirty two. Talbot would be reasonable, but the Logan Thompson injury here definitely not something that the Knights wanted to see. A slight silver lining here: Jesse Granger uh, from the Athletic reports that Thompson, who has started thirty five games for Vegas this season, including fourteen of the last nineteen, uh, he. Bruce Cassidy says, I saw him in the dressing room after the game. 
He's moving around. We'll get an MRI in the morning and have a much better idea, and hopefully we'll have good news. Hopefully this is a quick one, but we won't know till tomorrow. Uh, my medical my medical opinion here from my highly trained zero years of med school, <laughs> walking around in the dressing room isn't something you do on a torn ACL or a bad knee injury, so maybe he's okay. Yeah, you know, looking at the, uh, the play where it happened, uh, it definitely looked like he just did uh... – Stretched out a little too much there. Uh, we could be looking at a groin, maybe a hammy on that one. Hopefully it's just a uh, pull and not a not a tear on either one of them. Tear, uh, obviously very bad news. Uh, puts him out for a little bit. Pull could be a game or two. Yeah. Um, and we know. hope that it's not something bad that's going to nag for the rest of the season. Exactly. He has definitely been the backbone uh, for this team. There's no doubt about that. And it's such a tough break for this unit that's finally starting to get a lot of guys healthy. Yes, no stone probably until the playoffs, if there are playoffs. But everybody else is starting to come back. Everybody else is starting to get there. To lose goaltending, especially at the all-star level that Thompson has been playing, and he's been such a bright spot for this team that has been very void of, not bright spots, but void of future prospects. Yes. He's been a great one so far, and you have to hope that this isn't going to derail that even for the rest of this season. Yeah, uh, absolutely. He's he's definitely going to be one that's needed down the stretch and uh, in the playoffs. You know, they're sitting right now 53 games in, 66 points, first in the West, um, second in the conference. You know, the teams that are that are duking it out behind them, you've got uh, Colorado, Minnesota, as well as Calgary are all fighting for those, uh, you know, the, those uh, really the, the final, well, for Colorado and Minnesota, they're fighting for the three seed in the uh in the central there and then you take the uh the one of them that's not in there with Calgary they're they're trying to get into it to fight it out with uh at the moment Edmonton, Seattle and uh LA for those other fi- those other playoff spots um the Knights at least have a little bit of cushion uh from 58 points um hopefully they're able to keep uh, holding on here and pushing through even with uh with Logan Thompson on the shelf for maybe a couple here yeah Well, we will know more news about that tomorrow, but hopefully he is okay. And in the meantime, the Knights do get their second straight win post-All-Star break here in another convincing fashion, 5-1 over the Wild. Hey, they've been impressive. Uh, Absolutely. The rest did them good the week off before the All-Star break, coming back, and uh, they have definitely look healthy. They look rested, and they look like they're ready to make a push here. I played the Knights in the over in the last two games. Both have worked out, and full credit there. Rest in peace, Brian Blessing. It was his angle. Always play the Knights in the uh, always play the Knights and expect a lot of scoring on the dad's trip, and that's exactly what yeah. we got here. Uh, rest in peace to an absolute great one here in Vegas radio history. Uh, definitely miss him. He was a great guy every time I Absolutely. got to interact with him. But let's end on this here: the MVP, the NFL awards were tonight. Patrick Mahomes wins MVP in convincing fashion. Offensive player of the year, Justin Jefferson. Defensive was Nick Bosa. Rookies were Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson. Jets get the nice sweep there. And one of the highlights, Brian Dable, by the way, coach of the year. Unfortunate. Wished it could have been Mike Tomlin for my betting interests, but I get why it wasn't. (laughs) I think he had a strong case, uh, but I I do not think Dable was the wrong choice. Absolutely not. 
But uh, best moment might have been Damar Hamlin coming out making a really nice speech, which is very interesting because I was told by reliable sources here <laughs> that he was dead and replaced with a body double. It's a clone. Yeah, that, that's clearly what it's got to be at this point. I, I'm very <laughs> curious as to when those conspiracy theorists are going to be popping back up and admitting they're bad there. But as as great as it is to see Hamlin alive and clearly recovering and on the mend and all the credit to him, the MVP voting here, not very surprising. Mahomes absolutely dominated 490 of the possible points. He had 50 MVP votes. Jalen Hurts, uh, first place votes, Mahomes 48. Jalen Hurts won. Josh Allen won. As you roll down the list of first place, because it's ranked all on points and such, one point went to a whole bunch of guys. A.J. Brown, Justin Fields, Tyreek Hill, Justin Herbert, Derrick Henry, Geno Smith, Tua Tagovailoa, and Danny Kellington. One of those names is not like the others. <laughs> Can you spot which one? Go through those one more time. Justin Fields. A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, Justin <laughs> Herbert, Derrick Henry, Geno Smith, who won Comeback Player of the Year, Tua Tagovailoa, and Denny Kellington. I would probably have to go with maybe Denny Kellington. That is right, because he <laughs> is not a player in the NFL. He is the Bills athletic trainer. All due respect to this man, who most likely saved a life. Absolutely hats off hero. Come on, guys. What are we doing here? Yeah. Like, really? At some point, it's a little much. Yeah, that's uh, that's a little crazy there. Mm-hmm. Like, the, time, I, I personally think time and place. Yeah. Yeah. And that was just eye-rolling to me. Of, like, it's just a come on, man moment. Do we, <laughs> yeah, we get it. We can commemorate it however we want. But that that's just over the top. Yeah, that is a little bit over the top. I will say this, though. At least uh, doctors are now saying that uh, Hamlin's got a very good chance to return to the NFL. That's great. Not saying when, but they're saying he has a very good chance to return to the NFL. That, to me, is is very uplifting considering uh, what had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't you don't see a lot of players or think a lot of players would come back from something like that or would want to come back from it. Uh, yeah. You know, we don't know where his head is at, but uh, at least that's – Really good news that doctors are saying there's a very good chance that he that he could come back, and a lot of that obviously is if he wants to come back. But uh, I Indeed. know, uh, being a former athlete myself, um, if it's there, if the fire is still there in your heart, you're going to want to come back, do everything you can to come back. So you don't want to give that up, mm-hmm. not on something like that. Yeah, and still waiting by the way on on the comeback player of the year award to be renamed the Alex Smith comeback player <laughs> of the year award because it's deserved. Absolutely, uh, from what he came back from, absolutely. It should be renamed uh, to him. And honestly, I don't think the the biggest uh, the biggest discrepancy, the biggest debate in any of these awards, really, because there were a lot of landslides here, was that offensive rookie of the year. Uh, Garrett Wilson wins it. Absolutely amazing season. Led all rookies in yards, uh, receptions, a whole bunch of other categories. With no quarterback. Yeah. With with with, with Zach Wilson at the helm for a while, like there was Zach a lot Wilson of Wilson and Mike White. I mean, you didn't have a whole yeah. lot, and you had Joe Flacco. Yeah. So you didn't have a whole lot of of uh, choices there. Yeah. The, the the people that bothered me were the ones saying that Brock Purdy should have won it. No, he shouldn't. He played eight games in a system where I might have thrown for two hundred yards in a game. You know, Purdy's a great story, but he didn't play enough of the season. 
You know, it, it, here's a guy that had he played mm-hmm. 10 regular season games, you might have a case. Yeah. He didn't. He played six. Yeah. It's really tough to look to give an offensive player a rookie of the year award to a guy who plays less than half the season. It, it truly is. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in my opinion. Yeah, and if you were going to do that, then you could argue the other way that it should have been Brees Hall. Absolutely. Brees Hall um, was on track to win that award, probably easily wins it if he doesn't tear his ACL, but yeah. unfortunately did, and he had a teammate step in and uh, mm-hmm. and take those honors instead. Yep. Kind of wild, though, to think that the Jets had all, have all of this young talent, and yet still there is not much hope for the future. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be the next quarterback there. It looks like Derek Carr is Derek headed Carr's. is headed to New Orleans. That, yeah, that's, that's what it what looks like. That's what it's looking like right now. We'll have to see about that. Maybe we'll have new news tomorrow. Maybe we'll have to have our old friend Bob Rose on. But I know we're going to have yep. Andy Isco on tomorrow. Christy Maria is going to join us in studio as well. Thank you so much for being here tonight with us. I'm Thomas Viola. He's Jason Halperin. And for Ken Thompson, we are saying thank you very much for listening tonight. You know the rules. No drinking and driving. No texting and driving. God bless America. God bless our troops. Have a great evening, Las Vegas. We'll see you tomorrow for Friday.